Section 12 of A Treatise on Good Works. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Philip Nottis. A Treatise on Good Works by Martin Luther. Translated by Johann Michael Roy. Treatise 22 through 24. 22. Some think it is good for young people that they be enticed by reputation and honor, and again by shame and of dishonor, and so be induced to do good. For there are many who do the good and leave the evil undone out of fear of shame and love of honor, and so do what they would otherwise by no means do or leave undone. These I leave to their opinion. But at present we are seeking how true good works are to be done, and they who are inclined to do them surely do not need to be driven by the fear, shame, and love of honor. They have and are to have a higher and far nobler incentive, namely God's commandment, God's fear, God's approval, and their faith and love toward God. They who have not, or regard not this motive, and let shame and honor drive them, these also have their reward, as the Lord says in Matthew 6. And as the motive, so is also the work and the reward. None of them is good, except only in the eyes of the world. Now I hold that a young person could be more easily trained and incited by God's fear and commandments than by any other means. Yet, where these do not help, we must endure that they do the good and leave the evil for the sake of shame and honor. Yet, just as we must also endure wicked men or the imperfect of whom we spoke above, nor can we do more and tell them that their works are not satisfactory and right before God, and so leave them until they learn to do right for the sake of God's commandments also. Just as young children are induced to pray, fast, learn, etc., by gifts and promises of the parents, even though it would not be good to treat them so as all their lives, so that they never learn to do good in the fear of God. Far worse, if they become accustomed to do good for the sake of praise and honor. 23. But this is true, that we must nonetheless have a good name and honor, and everyone ought so to live, that nothing evil can be said of him, and that he give offense to no one. As St. Paul says in Romans 12, We are to be zealous to do good, not only before God, but also before all men. And Second Corinthians 4, we walk so honestly that no man knows anything against us. But there must be great diligence and care, lest such honor and good name puff up the heart, and the heart find pleasure in them. Here the saying of Solomon holds, As the fire in the furnace proveth the gold, so is man proved by the mouth of him that praises him. Few and most spiritual men they be, who, when honored and praised, remain indifferent and unchanged, so that they do not care for it, 
nor feel pride and pleasure in it, but remain entirely free, ascribe all honor and fame to God, offering it to Him alone, and using it only to the glory of God, to the edification of their neighbors, and in no way to their own benefit or advantage. So let a man trust not in his own honor, nor exalt himself above the most incapable, despised man on earth, but acknowledge himself a servant of God, who has given him the honor in order that, with it, he may serve God and his neighbor, just as if he had commanded him to distribute some golden to the poor for his sake. So he says in Matthew 5, your light shall shine before men, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. He does not say, they shall praise you, but your works shall only serve them to edification, that through them they may praise God in you and in themselves. This is the correct use of God's name and honor, when God is thereby praised through the edification of others. And if men want to praise us and not God in us, we are not to endure it, but with all our powers forbid it and flee from it as from the most grievous sin and robbery of divine honor. 24. Hence it comes that God frequently permits a man to fall into or remain in grievous sin in order that he may be put to shame in his own eyes and in the eyes of all men, who otherwise could not have kept himself from this great vice of vain honor and fame, if he had remained constant in his great gifts and virtues. So God must ward off this sin by means of other grievous sins, that his name alone may be honored, and thus one sin becomes the other's medicine, because of our perverse wickedness, which not only does the evil, but also misuses all that is good. Now see how much a man has to do, if he would do good works, which always are at hand in great number, and with which he is surrounded on all sides. But alas, because of his blindness, he passes them by and seeks and runs after others of his own devising and pleasure, against which no man can sufficiently speak, and no man can sufficiently guard. With this all the prophets had to contend, and for this reason they were all slain, only because they rejected such self-devised works, and preached only God's commandments, as one of them says in Jeremiah 7. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel unto you, Take your burnt offerings unto all your sacrifices, and eat your burnt offerings and your flesh yourselves. For concerning these things I have commanded you nothing, but this thing commanded I you. Obey my voice, that is, not what seems right and good to you, but what I have bid you. And walk in the way that I have commanded you. And Deuteronomy 12. Thou shalt not do whatsoever is right in thine own eyes, but what thy God has commanded thee. These and numberless like passages of Scripture are spoken to tear man not only from his sins, but also from the works which seem to men to be good and right, 
and to turn men with a single mind to the simple meaning of God's commandment only, that they shall diligently observe this only and always, as it is written in Exodus 13. These commandments shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand, for a memorial between thine eyes. In Psalm 1, a godly man meditates in God's law day and night, for we have more than enough and too much to do if we are to satisfy only God's commandments. He has given us such commandments that if we understand them aright, we dare not for a moment be idle, and might easily forget all other works. But the evil spirit who never rests, when he cannot lead us to the left into evil works, fights on our right through self-devised works that seem good, but against which God has commanded in Deuteronomy 28 and Joshua 23, Ye shall not go aside from my commandments to the right hand, nor to the left. End of section 12 Recording by Philip Nottis